This is Paths to Product, a show about current product managers and how they transitioned into the role. I'm Pallavi Hikarikar and on the show today, we interview Aneri Shah and learn how she went from being a QA engineer to becoming a product manager at Tile. Today, I'm joined by Aneri Shah, who's a product manager at Tile. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about your background um, leading up to your career? Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in India and I moved to the US to do my master's. My undergrad was in um, in, in engineering uh, and I studied um, software engineering. It was my major for my undergrad. And then for my master's, I came to the US. Again, my major was software engineering and I, and I was in Texas when I started my uh, master's. Having finished that, I took my full-time, I, I took my first full-time job in San Francisco in a startup called One Kings Lane. It was a semi-e-commerce furniture store um, that sold only designer furniture. And I was kind of the, the engineer that worked on the website and the front end. Um, it was a very exciting, um, it was a very exciting time because I'd never worked in the city before. I'd never worked in, in a full-time job, which was engineering before. So it was just um, an all-around exciting time for me. That's awesome. And we met when we were working together at Tile. So after that startup experience, did you go straight to Tile or was there anything that you sort of tried in between? Um, yeah, so funny story. Uh, the first day that I started my job in One Kings Lane, uh, the company got acquired on that day. Um, <laughs> and then uh, going from there, there was a lot of attrition uh, in the company. And um, there were obviously a lot of, um, there, there, there were just a lot of people um, that were changing careers and switching jobs. And, and I was not prepared for for all of that. Um, so in the middle of that, I decided I wanted something a little bit more stable, a little bit more, so, something that felt like me and that I could really grow in and not a place that was moving so much that I couldn't really, um, you know, expect to grow my career in. So that's when I started applying and I found Dial. Um, so yeah, after six, maybe seven months in that first company, um, I moved on to Dial and I've been with Dial ever since. So yeah, even in Dial, I was a software engineer and uh, a QA engineer. And then going from there, I eventually moved to product. Awesome. Yeah. And so when I had met you, you were a QA engineer, like you mentioned. Um, So I'm curious to know, you know, what was the turning point when you decided that you didn't really want to be in engineering and you wanted to try out product management? Yeah. So uh, while I was in QA, I, I learned some things about myself. The first one was just that I loved um, defining what the product I was working on would do. So in my case, I was working on like a deployment pipeline and I just really enjoyed figuring out how it would work, what it would do, what kind of build times we'll be seeing, all kinds of things like that. I loved gathering input from um, from, from from everyone on the team um, and I loved gathering feedback from people. If there was something in particular that that was currently paining them about about the system that we did have in place. And then I, I really enjoyed brainstorming solutions with them. What I didn't realize um, 
at that time but i was working on it was that these were the traits that were actually um pe- what people look for when when they move to product and uh, after about total of like 3 years as a qa engineer in tiles and one king clan i eventually realized that i wanted something different and i wanted a career where i could grow out of my comfort zone and try something new and that's when um i took um i took a product management and looking back it just seemed like a natural fit it seemed like something i was always inclined to do but never really recognized it awesome yeah i think a lot of the things that you enjoy doing are definitely part of the product roles that makes a ton of sense that that was a switch you made and i want to learn a bit more about how you made that transition but before we get to that i'd love to hear what your thoughts were on product management so you know when you switched and assumed the product management role full time was there anything that surprised you about the role that you maybe weren't expecting uh yeah i think uh i think there was a lot of um i i was expecting there to be a lot more um tech not not to say that it was not technical it was technical but it wasn't as technical as i had expected i it is it is technical combined with a lot more um creativity and a lot more um collaboration and and leadership to 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 a certain extent so i think it was a very good blend of of all of those things what surprised me most is the amount of creativity i would say that was involved in the role because uh while while all those other things are more more tangible things i think uh creativity to solve a certain problem to solve to to approach a particular situation to um to to think of options that you could use uh, when you cannot do the most um you know the 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 most expensive solution it's just that's what just comes up and that's that's what helped so i think the the that aspect really surprised me definitely um but having yeah but having said that there were a lot of things that i felt like i was prepared for as well so i think it was a mixed bag um overall for sure and i think creativity for me has probably been one of the most challenging aspects of it and i think especially at least for me and i'd love to hear your thoughts coming from an engineering background um i don't know if creativity was something that we really focused on a lot or that was necessarily um rewarded a lot of times it was just really focused on the technical aspects of how to implement things and so suddenly coming into the product role having to think about all these decisions especially like you said i think oftentimes the optimal solution that you'd like to go with for a, a wide range of reasons is not something that you can end up pursuing and so really thinking about what all the different options are that still get you as close as possible to your goal i think has definitely been tough. Yeah. Um did you notice any of that also coming from like you said software engineering and then working in QA? Yeah, for sure. I think with QA and with software engineering in general, we have the mindset of there is this problem and I'm going to focus on solving the problem in the most optimal way, much like you said. And more often than not that's just not how it goes. So because I was start to think in in a very structured way, it it's it's been very challenging to just get out of that structure and re-embrace the creativity that I initially had when I first started my career. Uh but it kind of got lost in in all the structure, but it's also been uh it's it's also been an exploration of myself and how I think about things. Um and I just in general my approach to a lot of things has changed because I've let that other side of of my own brain open up and that's been that's been super helpful 
at work and otherwise as well. Definitely. And as much as you are able to, can you tell us a little more about what sorts of things you're doing as a PM right now at Tile? Yeah, at Tile, I work as a PM for the website. Um, the website handles a lot of things, uh, mainly comprising of a place where customers can purchase the product. But along with that, it, it, it also comprises of a place where customers go to learn more about the product. People go there to 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 lo- learn more about premium, to learn more about uh, about what what benefits they can get, or or about any new deals that they may see, or they they just generally land up on a website because they're curious about the product. So there's a lot of functions that the website serves, and for each of those functions, there's a lot of different teams that I I tend to deal with on a day to day basis. Um, there's marketing, obviously, for product product education. There's e-commerce to go through the purchase flows. There is premium where we work with the premium team to handle subscriptions. There's um, customer care where we work with customer, uh, where we work with customers to help them understand um, what, what what account they belong to, what, where, where their products are, when are they going to get shipped, all of that sort of information. And then there is obviously legal um, and sales, which is um, which is just necessary because we are selling the product on the website. So um, it's just a lot of different areas and a lot of different stakeholders that that the website kind of houses. So my day to day activities are mostly around working with all of those groups of people and then with analytics to figure out how each of those groups and each of their features are performing. And if there are things that we need to update, change, new features that we need to develop. So just just the day to day of running the website in itself is a very hefty um is a very hefty task. And then the other piece of it is um, just holiday readiness, um, expansion to um, to newer countries, because we we currently sell in seven countries. We're looking to expand. So just pro- expansion to newer countries, um, figuring out um, how we're going to sell premium with hardware, just all of those kind of things and getting ready for holidays. So yeah, just a pretty full plate um, and also um, always very exciting. That's awesome. I think you're the first PM that we've had on the show that works on a website predominantly. And that's actually what I was going to ask about because, you know, having seen the Tile website, and of course, you're selling a hardware product with a subscription software offering, I can imagine how much you'd have to work with marketing and work with sales and all these other teams to really get the content that you need for the site. So it definitely sounds like you're getting a very well-rounded experience and a ton of exposure to different teams. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's also been very exciting to uh, to learn more about how those teams operate because again, coming from an engineering background, it's it's kind of a black box because you always kind of make the product and then hand it over to other teams to to deliver the product. And this is just a very new um, learning experience to see how each of those teams operate. And it's just given me a, a very strong sense of just um, open-mindedness when it comes to how much detail goes into even the smallest um, even the smallest of tasks. For sure. Now, that being said, do you think that coming from an engineering background where you've worked on websites before, you know, how much do you think that that technical experience and background that you have or that you had is helping you in your role as a product manager, given that you're a PM on the website? Yeah, for sure. Um, so re- regarding that, I think there are so- certain benefits when, um, and, and 
there are certain obvious benefits of uh, that that come when you come from an engineering background. First, that there's you 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 always have a great relationship with engineering because you find that your discussions with engineering go smoothly, uh, even when they jump into a technical deep dive. Um, it you you find it easier to kind of help brainstorm potential solutions. Um, I kind of understand that I have a uh, you know I I can kind of understand at a high level what is even in the realm of possibility whenever I'm making an ask to engineering. Um, and I also fully understand um, best engineering practices and why certain features need to be prioritized or certain tech that needs to be prioritized. So in general, a combination of this is just that the the relationship with engineering is always easier and um, is always pretty seamless. Um, the other thing is, uh, particularly for QA, I find that um, QA wasn't only about reducing bugs or um, or about fixing what was broken. It was more about raising gaps in the customer experience that 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 I might have noticed as I was testing a particular feature. So as I was working on QA, I kind of developed a user-first mindset, which helped because that's what I use now when I'm thinking about new features um, for the website as a product manager. And then... Um, and then I think just generally prioritization as well, because as a QA engineer, I found that um, understanding when a bug was a complete showstopper versus something that was a minor inconvenience um, and could be tackled in a future um, sprint or, or in the next month or so um, was, was a crucial skill because not every bug is, is, you know, is large enough that you want to stop a product release. Um, and this also was very valuable when it came um, to a, you know, when I moved to, a, to to being a product manager because I think um, being ruthless about prioritization and really understanding um, the the need to deprioritize certain features is an important skill when I um, when I transitioned and it's been very useful. For sure. And it's funny that you bring that up because even just today, I was having a discussion with the engineering manager on one of my features. Um, and we were talking about, you know, how do you, how do you develop an understanding of which bugs are blocking you? And in particular, I'm not sure what it's like at Tal and I'd love to know, but at Microsoft, when we're shipping features, there's a whole set of rings that we go through. So you start off with dog fooding, which is obviously internal people using the product. And then, you know, all of Microsoft and then, you know, some subset of our customers, then eventually we get to full production and trying to understand like, okay, we have this bug. Is it something that's going to blog us from dog food? Or is it something that like can go through the ranks so that we can get some usage and some data, but we need to make sure that we solve before production. And I think that is something that's always ongoing. I'm not sure if there really ever is a right or wrong answer, because sometimes it's not really black and white. Um, yeah. But I can totally imagine how coming from an engineering background, you have a much better sense of that. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's just uh, especially coming from uh, from a QA background where you you are gonna find bugs that that you personally feel like oh my god I should fix this, but just figuring out that this is more of your personal feeling as as an engineer or as a product manager because you're too close to the product and it may not affect a large percentage of users. Just just making that trade off is um, is a very valuable skill. Um, and just practicing that every day has, has, has helped me become better, so. For sure. 
Now, a lot of our listeners don't come from technical backgrounds, and it's a question that I get very often from people that maybe didn't major in engineering or computer science and feel like they're kind of lacking out because they don't have that technical skill. Um, I think you talked uh, a bit about sort of what you thought was useful um, from being a developer. Now, since you have the perspective of both having majored in something technical and then worked in something technical, do you think you could give any advice to listeners that don't come from a technical background on what kinds of things they can be working on to develop the technical skills that are actually useful in the PM role? Yeah. Uh, so as I I have come from a very technical background, uh, I initially had no idea about a lot of the non-technical strengths that I needed to have, um, have to move to product, um, which being which coming from a technical background, I had to be honest, just ignored. So I think firstly, if you're coming to product from a non-technical background, my first advice would just be that you you want to really focus on your strengths because whatever your background is, you you probably have strengths which may while they may not be technical, they're still they're still your strengths. So just kind of focus on them. And then uh as as a starting point, my my best advice would be to start off by whatever your product is in my case it was it was the dial website it would just be that you 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 want to start off by taking a deep dive into the product itself figuring out what how how you feel about the product what you want and what you want to address because you are a fresh set of eyes that that is falling on this product that was developed by a whole other team so just just kind of starting with that and always asking questions. I don't think that it's uh it's it's bad to ask questions. I think it's great. I think always always asking questions, always highlighting when when you feel like there is something obvious that wasn't addressed. Um when 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 partnering with engineering is is always a good idea. Uh I've found that engineers in general are very happy to explain um if they want to um if 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 you feel like you don't know enough, they're very happy to explain and, and help answer your questions. And that would slowly help build up your technical knowledge. Um, and then um, I, I would say going back and referring to older um, to, to older features has has really helped me personally, uh, because I wasn't I mean, wh- while I was part of the team, I wasn't on the, I, I wasn't working on all of the features that were developed before. And there was documentation for all of them. There was enough background information for me to understand where uh, and how those features were developed and why they were developed. So just kind of having that background helped me decide what I wanted to do in the future and what I didn't need to do because it was already done and it it did not work for whatever reason. So just having that background um, would help. Awesome. Yeah, I really love that advice because I think a lot of times the advice that's given to non-technical people that are aspiring PMs is, you know, take a coding course um, or take a course on algorithms and data structures. And like, you know, having done those courses in college, like I see how it's nice to have that knowledge, but I don't know how much I really actually bring that to my job as a PM. Whereas a lot of the things you said of like going through documentation, like really understanding the features, talking to engineers, asking a lot of questions. I think those are all things that I would imagine feel more accessible to someone from a non-technical background. And it's probably more useful on the day-to-day job as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and coming from a technical background as well, like, these are the things that even I need to work on, because sometimes when when I write features, I I assume that that I know some of the implementation details. And 
and and I might not know them. I just assume that I know them because I was part of their team. Things change constantly when you're in when 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 people are working on a piece of software. Software changes continuously. So even for me, I have to relearn how to go back and ask engineering those questions and make sure that what I'm thinking is actually is is actually what's there because more often than not, things have changed. Um, so it's it's not always um, useful to know the the software that you're working on, even from a technical perspective, because it will change. So definitely, and I can imagine maybe even some depending on the team you're working on, some issues with coming into it as a PM and then trying to also uh, write out or micromanage implementation, which is, I think, something that a lot of engineers actually find to be a fun part of their job. Um, So I can see how in certain companies or certain teams that might be challenging as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think it's just always a good... I've learned that it's always nice to ask questions and I've always had such a positive response whenever I've asked questions about things that I do know about the new features or even the old ones that I kind of forgot either way. It's just, um, it's always nice. Definitely. That was one thing I loved about my time at Tile as well. I think I asked all the engineers a lot of questions um, and I think they were always really positive about it, which I appreciated. Um, I thought maybe it was because I had the intern card, but it sounds like maybe that's just the norm. I think that's just the norm. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about how you actually went about switching roles. Um, So we know, obviously, by now that you did switch from being a QA engineer to a PM at the same company. And we've had some people on the show before that have also sort of transitioned roles at the same company. I think that's a very common thing to do, especially if you're in a role in tech where PM is kind of more prevalent. Um, But I'd love if you could give us some more details on how you went about doing that. Um, what types of conversations you had to have, maybe what applying internally was even like, um, or if you even had to interview for it or what that process was like. Yeah. Um, the first step that I um, took, obviously, was to recognize that I wanted a career in product. I didn't realize that until about two plus years. So um, that was that was my first step. The second step was to figure out how I was going to do that. And the best possible way that I could think how to do it was to talk to my manager. Um, so that's what I did. I talked to my then engineering manager and I, I approached the conversation as this is something that I would like to try. I don't know if, if I'm going to like it. I don't even know if I'm going to be good for it, but I just, I just want to try it because I, I seem to have a feeling in my gut that this, this might be what I want to um, pursue. Um, he obviously took it very, um, he was very excited for me. He took it very well. And, and he started offering up ways to, um, to help me. So he would recommend articles. He'd recommend books for me to read. He'd recommend just, just various things that I could do to, to improve and think about of, of myself as a product person and kind of start to prepare myself while he was looking for other options of things that I could do. Um, so that's how I started. Uh, I, I just did the obvious. I, uh, we had LinkedIn Learning at the time at Tile and we could take as many courses as we wanted. So I just, I, I slowly took online courses and, and took them over the weekend and weeknights and started slowly understanding what the role involves and the skills that I would need to hone on to be successful in the role. Um, after that, I was very lucky because Tile, um, I think about that time, Tile started their first mentorship program and we were um, we were randomly or 
I guess we could be, we could make recommendations that I want to be paired with this person, but but we would be paired with a mentor, um, and then uh, depending on the field that we wanted mentorship in. So I put in product, and I was paired with my current manager, and he was my he was my mentor. Um, as I was going through this um, research transition, learning phase, the mentorship period was actually four months, which was super helpful because it's it's long enough and and i i met with my manager um every other week and uh and i learned a lot about about the product and and about different things we had different we we, we had sessions every two weeks so it was one hour sessions and we would brainstorm and we would learn a lot of new things about a particular product that we picked we would do a deep dive on a certain book that that he would recommend we would just kind of have those um those conversations that really stimulated um, my my interest, and it just helped me get more and more into it. Um, I I did I did some research, so um, I took a deep dive into successful products that that existed out in the market and the product managers behind them. There's always a medium article written by a product manager uh, once their product is successful, and and it's always really interesting to understand the thought process behind them and what they learned. So I kind of started doing that um, on the recommendation of my mentor. And eventually, as I was doing that, I realized that there were successful and not so successful products within Tile that I wanted to take a deep dive on and that I wanted to read more about or or just just, just understand what the thought process was behind them. So um, I would take one product every two weeks that we worked on and then um, look at the analytics for that product, figure out. Um, why we stopped um you know why is that product not in production anymore why we stopped working on it or why are we still continuing to work on it so just just that sort of thing just just bring the research home and figure out what why we did what we did that was that was really the key in me deciding that this is what i want to do like this is this is really what i want to do i think it was about halfway through my mentorship when i was pretty much sure that this is the direction I want to take. Um, after which I spoke to my uh, mentor and let him know that that was the, the direction I wanted to take. Um, but at the time there were no um, open roles that, that that I could fill and he was my mentor. So we had an agreement that it, it wasn't gonna be until after that. So um, I just continued to learn um, during my period um, for the mentorship. Um, and then also volunteer to help so once my, my mentorship was over, what I've learned is that PMs are always um, doing a lot of things at the same time. And uh, <laughs> and I can relate to that so much right now. And and they yeah, always need one. help. Exactly. They they just always need help. So 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 if you could say that I, I will write this this one pager for you and then you can review it and make your changes, no one is ever going to say no to that. So that's kind of what I started to do. I started to um, figure out um, who needs help and just offer help um, along with obviously my full-time job. But I just continued to do that. And eventually when uh, when there was an opening and when there was a, a, a role that I could fill, um, my manager and my mentor recommended me and I and I got into that role. But it was a, like a year long process, but it, it did work out. That's awesome. I think you had so many great kind of things you touched on in there. Um, it's great to see how much research you were doing, like to really immerse yourself 
in what PMs do to understand if that's what was right for you. Um, and I wanted to ask, because I was just really interested about what you were saying in terms of looking up successful products and then reading about uh, the PMs that kind of worked on those. Yeah. Um, do you remember by any chance some of the products that you looked at? Uh, yeah, I I looked at um, the, the, the first one was Twitter. I think Twitter is like the most common one that a lot of people look at. Um, and the, the, I think the, I, I remember there being medium articles on there. And there's also a book um, on on the Twitter product and and kind of how they developed it. And and it was it was very interesting to read through that. Uh, I also would ask for um, I think I would I would also look up like other really basic ones. I looked up Instacart even um, in, in general, just um, PMs sharing their there's a lot of PMs from Instacart, Instagram, all of those people that, that give a lot of talks and share articles. So it was just um, a very interesting experience. But I think Twitter was the one that stuck out to me the most. I, I also did um, read some articles about Amazon and their Prime service. And there was a Amazon wardrobe. What is, is it Amazon? I think it's Prime wardrobe or something like that. Um, and there was um, there was a lot of interesting articles in that. I think they it worked for a while and they kind of removed it after that. But there, there, there were some articles on that as well. So yeah, it's just, it was just very interesting to read all of them. Definitely. I need to look some of those up because I obviously heard of all those products, but haven't necessarily looked into all of them. Yeah. Um, so that'll be some cool reading to do later on. Yeah, for sure. Once that opening um, was created, I know you mentioned that your mentor and your manager both sort of recommended you. Did you have to go through any interviews or at that point had you sort of like proven yourself and they were willing to just kind of take you into the team? Yeah, I think I'd, I didn't have to go through any interviews after that uh, because as you know, I think that was also a very small, um, a very small company and everybody kind of I'd, by that time knew um knew that I was interested and knew what I was capable of and they just wanted to give me a chance and I was very lucky that they did honestly but yeah I I, I always feel very grateful yeah that's awesome yeah Tyler was I, I'm trying to remember I think it was maybe 120 yeah. people or so yeah. when I was there is it still about the same when you made the switch yeah it's still about the same and it is still about the same uh it's still 120 people some people have shuffled around and some people have um have moved on and we've hired new people but um either way i think we're still about 120 130 people um yeah full-time employees awesome and you talked about it a little bit before when you're mentioning some of the companies that you looked up and the articles um i always like to ask people that are on the show if they have any recommendations of other things like if there's any books or any podcasts um any specific articles or you know medium um publications, I think is, is what they're called, um, that helped you prepare any sorts of like specific resources that you can speak to as well? Yeah. Um, so there's this book that I read, it was called The Lynchpin. Um, I, I found it very useful in just shaping the way I think. Um, I think it's pretty much a classic at this point, but I quite enjoyed reading it. I still keep it on my bedstand just to kind of, on, on my nightstand, just to make sure that I, every now and then I would just open and glance at the stuff that I've marked on, just because it just helps me. Um, it, it, it really helps me um, reframe my, my mind whenever I'm having one of those days. Mm-hmm. And then um, another book that helped me once I moved to product was called Crucial Conversations. Um, 
that book has really helped me um, get through some some tough um, situations uh, because being in product, uh, you're probably not always going to give good news to people. More often than not, you're, <laughs> you're, you're probably going to say no and you're going to have to say no because there's other priorities and you don't have the resources and there's just a lot of, um, there, there, there can be a lot of conflict and a lot of tough conversations that you're going to need to have, which I never needed to have as an engineer. Mm-hmm. So I was never um, prepared for that kind of thing. And that book really helped me uh, understand how to deal with them and deal with them um, professionally and and without getting, uh, you know, without involving um, any any sentiments, but just keeping it really, really professional and really um, clear so that everybody is aligned and is on the same page. So that I, I would highly recommend that book if anyone's um, looking. I think not just product, just anyone just just reading that book has really helped me a lot. That's great. Yeah, not only do I think you have to have hard conversations as a PM, but you also have to have those conversations with so many different people. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that like all engineers react the same way and all designers react the same way. Like obviously every person is slightly different, but I do think almost the mindsets and what kinds of methods of communication work with these different personas can be really different. And I think that's part of what, I feel is difficult in communicating as a PM is just, it's not like you're just talking to engineers. You're talking to so many different groups of people, especially like you said, working with marketing, working with sales. And so how to have effective conversations, I think sometimes varies by these different groups as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think there's different groups, there's different, and and I believe everybody is, is overall working towards the same goal. But, but everybody's individual goals can be different. So just being mindful that eventually we're all working to, uh, you know, to get this company ahead. But we also have to make sure that we are supporting each other while we do that. Um, just keeping the bigger picture in mind while you're having those conversations has also kind of helped. For sure. So I'd love to hear then, you know, there's a lot of people I think that are aspiring PMs looking to switch from either software engineering or QA roles, uh, what sorts of advice would you have for those people that are looking to make that transition to product management? Uh, I think I would say trust your gut and know that it, that this is really what you want to do. Um, sometimes people, you know, some people think that, and even I thought that I wanted to make that transition because it was the next cool thing to do or it was, it was the next best thing to do and if, if I didn't want to code. But I think that that's not really the right reason to make the transition. So just be clear, at least to yourself, as to what, what the reason is for your transition. Stay true to yourself and and really dig deep into, into, what, into what this role means uh, and if it's a good fit for you before you decide to make that transition. Um, but, but once you know, I would say just trust your gut and keep working. It it may take a while. For me, it took a year, even if it was an internal transition, because the role doesn't exist or because we don't feel like we need the role or because you're not ready. Um, for whatever reason, it may take longer, but just just stick to it if you really think that that's what you need to do and, and eventually you'll get there. Awesome, yeah, that's very motivating advice. I think like it's, interesting to hear that even internally it took a year and I'm finding even at large companies like Microsoft internal transfers do take a long time. Yeah. Not just, you know, 
actually interviewing maybe and going into the role, but like finding a role that's right for you and making sure it's at a time in your career where you're ready for that switch. Like all those things do take time. And so um, I love that piece of advice. And the last question that I have for you today, a question that I always like to end with is, you know, I think as you go through all these different things in your career, when you reflect on them having gone through those transitions, you know, you look at it almost from a slightly different lens. And so knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing when you were making that transition from QA engineering into product management at Tile, what would that one thing be? Uh, the, the one thing I would tell myself is um, ask for feedback at all times, um, whether you are making a transition or even in general, but especially when you're making a transition, always ask for feedback. Um, because you are bound to make mistakes or be unprepared to deal with some certain situations. Uh, and sometimes coworkers or even friends may not be able to approach you and give you that feedback. Uh, and it, it takes you and the initiative that you have within yourself to go up to someone and ask them how you can improve and you can always take the first step uh, because whatever advice or whatever feedback they're gonna give you is going to be so valuable to you and you can take that as input and work on it. Um, and that will help you grow and become better. And it will also help increase trust among your, amongst your peers or even from your manager. Uh, because I, I found that asking for feedback was, was one of the most um, crucial things that, that really helped me. And I learned it very late in the game, I would say. Uh, and I'm still learning how to ask for feedback. But if I had learned it sooner, I feel like I would have grown and learned from, from other people sooner. So that's one piece of advice I'd probably give myself. For sure. I think that's really insightful. And I think it's not just for PMs. I think you could apply that for everyone, no matter what you're doing. I think asking for feedback yeah. is so important. And it's really the only way for you to grow and get better, right? Because eventually you might think that you're competent at what you're doing and you kind of might fail to realize the areas in which you can improve. And I think at that point, you just stop kind of growing and getting better. So I think it is really important to make sure that you're consistently asking for feedback and like trying to have that growth mindset and improve. Yeah, exactly. And it just, it's just hard for other people to give feedback to you sometimes, because again, we work with so many different personalities. Some people may feel comfortable doing that and some people may not, but they may have some valuable feedback or advice that they want to share with you, but they just don't feel comfortable enough. And you may just be able to bridge that gap by being the first person to go up and ask them. Definitely. Awesome. Well, I think that was all really great advice. I loved hearing the journey that you went through and kind of how much thought you put into the entire process. So thank you so much for taking the time to share that with our listeners and for coming on the show today. Of course. Thank you so much. It was so nice being here. Thanks for joining us on this path to product from QA engineering to tile PM. If you're looking to pivot to product management and want to suggest a transition to cover or have transitioned into product management yourself and want to be featured, reach out to us at pathstoproduct.com. See you next week.